Have you ever wanted to meet your favorite professional athlete? Packers stars of yesterday and today, including Devontae Adams, Amon Green, Jair Alexander, Antonio Freeman, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams are all available for bookings right now. Mayfield Sports specializes in these special moments between fans and their favorite professional athletes. Head over to MayfieldSportsMarketing.com to see the full list of available athletes to book your favorite professional athlete at your next event. Speaking of fourth touchdown of the game, do you think we see another four touchdown performance from Aaron Rodgers this week? Uh, no, and the only reason why is Aaron Jones is fully healthy, and Aaron Jones is good at football, and the Jaguars are bad. So Aaron Jones is going to score, which means that Aaron Rodgers isn't quite going to have as many attempts as he normally does. I mean, isn't there a world, though, where Aaron Jones scores and Aaron Rodgers yeah, scores? But I don't you know, th- I, I, yeah, but I don't think that he put they put up five, do they? Like they could, but I don't see it. I mean, the Jaguars defense is pretty bad. But anyway, we'll we'll save that conversation for the Jaguars Packers game. I'm sorry, I just had to talk about it because I was watching the intro, and, and that intro always gets me pumped up. And I was thinking about it. I was like, does Rodgers have another four touchdown game? So I wanted to ask you, but we will elaborate on that topic later today as we talk about the Jaguars Packers. But we have a lot to get through as always, and we're going to try and do that as quickly as possible. But if you have any questions about what we're talking about today, please go ahead and post that in the chat. Uh, that's the whole purpose of us being here today and in the platform that we're in. So make sure you're posting all of your questions in the chat. If you're tuning in today, uh, pick a side, Jacob. You pick a side. So <laughs> if you're tuning in today, thank you. Uh, I, we, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, this is this tremendous support. I mean, the fact that we had almost 20 viewers in just the intro alone is awesome. It means people are it means people are checking it out. And uh, they're they're staying tuned, which is just great for us. But uh, Jacob, we'll get to your question later because this is not sit start. Nope, right, no, that's a trade no, question. Let's, let's oh, answer you know this trade question right important, now. Important important disclosure here. This is a trade question. I, I said sit start because that's where my mind goes. But it was it was a trade question that was yeah. posed to us earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were in prep mode, so I apologize for not answering it in live, you know, real time. But here we are: uh, Julio Jones and Derek Henry for and Thielen or Rogers and Julio. 
No, no, no. So it's Aaron Jones or Aaron Jones. Kenny. Or okay. Derek Henry. Use abbreviations, and please. Well, I, I knew what he meant because I read the DM. I, paid I halfway read it. I apologize. And then, and then versus Rodgers and Julio. And Tyler and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand there, Jacob. And for me, it's the Jones slash Henry and Thielen side over Rodgers and Julio. And the reason why is, for one, Julio dealt with an injury earlier in the year. There was a soft tissue injury. I don't like that. Two, the Falcons are trending downward. They're not going to be competing in the playoffs. If he gets dinged up at all later in the year, they could easily just shut down their investment because they have a lot of money put into them for the long term. On the other side of things, Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry are going to be competing all, all winter long. Running backs matter a ton. Derrick Henry mm-hmm. is going to be an absolute monster in the fantasy playoffs. Adam Thielen, not so much, but all, but ultimately the nail in the coffin for the Rodgers side of the deal is at, in for redraft, I hate quarterbacks. I don't want like, quarterback and Superflex it, yeah, redraft. Superflex is a different but. story. Yeah, but for single quarterback leagues, I hate investing premium picks in quarterbacks. I hate value in quarterbacks highly because it's so easy to find replaceable production. You could have drafted Jared Goff in the 13th round, and he's been a borderline QB1 all year. I know that's hard to believe, but that's where he's at. Gardner yeah. Minshew, prior to his injury, was like QB14 on the year. Again, could have got him for <laughs> super cheap. So I think Gardner Minshew is the biggest example there, is the fact that he was performing the way that he was performing, we'll call it quote-unquote on tape, but at the same time, you're getting fantasy production from him at a QB14 level, which is borderline QB1, which – if you have, if you're running super flex formats and you're running two QB ones, like borderline QB ones, you're probably getting what you were going to get before, which is if you're playing super flex, you're going to draft a quarterback high and then draft another quarterback later to try and get supplement the value. But these two, the, the, the fact is super flex. Yes. Rogers Julio. I'm smashing that because I'm trying to go for a championship at that point, but Jones, Henry and Thielen, Aaron Jones, that is, I'm taking that every day in redraft because I'm trying to maximize the other positions. Quarterback, you can stream. Yeah. Quarterback position is streamable in most formats, and I, I, uh, I just I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is worth it at that point. Yeah, uh, I yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I have, I'm streaming. I'm playing Jared Goff this week. I picked up Ryan Tannehill off of waivers. I don't. I appreciate Janelle Mackey. I don't know if she's watching or not, but she dropped him in our 14-team league. <laughs> I had Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is now gone. Ryan Tannehill is now on the roster. I, I like streaming quarterbacks is so easy in single quarterback leagues, no matter how deep your league is, just because that's how it's set up. So, so I can't I can't reasonably say yeah and go trade for a quarterback, especially if you're giving up a guy like Aaron Jones or Derrick Henry, who when when healthy, they're top five running backs right now for fantasy. Easily, both of yeah. them. Yeah, and like, Theo is the top twenty-four wide receiver guaranteed. He might not be a wide receiver one every week, but he's a top twenty-four wide receiver in fantasy right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Janelle Mackey. Okay. Moving <laughs> on, though. So J- I want to I want to get to this question to J- from Jason. We'll preview games a little bit, but I love getting to the questions that we're seeing so far. Yeah, exactly. So Jason's saying that uh, pundits are saying Christian Kirk's can't sustain a scoring pace. For some point, there for for a little bit, that's true. You can't. He can't sustain it. Also, Jacob Thielen sits on your bench. That's not my fault that you don't know how to set your lineup better. <laughs> so anyway, well, so Christian Kirk can't sustain his pace. Over the last couple of weeks, he is putting up touchdowns. He put up over 100 yards and a touchdown last week uh, when Nuke got shut down by uh, Davian Howard and Byron Jones. Do you think Christian Kirk can uh, can continue scoring at this level, or what do you think is going to happen? 
I think he continues scoring at a similarly level. Uh, so we have him currently ranked as our 21 uh, wide receiver 21 on the week for the consensus rankings for game on Wisconsin. I think that's very fair. And especially going into a matchup where there's a lot of points, you shouldn't expect Kirk to continue to put up the points he's put up. You should, you should expect him to continue to get the looks that he's gotten. And I think that's kind of where we are at right now. And so when when we're looking at Kirk's long-term outlook, you should be looking at the production value in terms of the opportunities that he's getting and not necessarily what he's doing with the opportunities because we don't want to rely on the big plays. The big plays are great. They, they, they do, they do wonders for your fantasy team. But when you're thinking about long-term and trades and, and pickups and drops, you want to think about the, the targets and even carries in some situations for wide receivers like Robert Woods is an example Those guys are getting ultimate opportunities, which is what you are looking for because with an opportunity, you can score a touchdown. And so uh, Christian Kirk is getting the opportunity right now. I think Kyler Murray is becoming comfortable with him. I think he's very comfortable with DeAndre Hopkins. He knows that. I think he's trying to find his number two wide receiver, which is Christian Kirk at the moment. Larry Fitzgerald, I love you. He's a great receiver, but he's not becoming fancy relevant because um, Kyler Murray is looking elsewhere in terms of uh, production. Yeah, and Kirk and Kirk gets you that downfield ability. That's that the whole the only thing that's held him back through the first couple of years. So rookie year was it was a bad offensive scheme. He had Josh Rosen at quarterback. It just it wasn't a good mix. Last year he had Cliff, he had Kyler. Kyler was a rookie, and C- Christian Kirk dealt with an injury all year, and he was in a new offensive system to him and everybody else. Obviously. So quick quick question for you, Gage. Okay, uh, when I when uh, Christian Kirk was coming out of Texas A and M, I heavily compared him to Randall Cobb. And I still see a lot of those comparisons to Randall Cobb because early on in his career, Randall Cobb was that type of player. Uh, I, I don't see that as much. I I just think I think of Kirk more as a like I don't think of him as like a vertical threat in terms of like a specifically just a deep down the field guy. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's where his role more is it, like that's more where he's at for me versus Cobb. I felt was a smaller, shiftier guy could do well in the slot. He could do well on gadget plays and do that sort of thing. He like he was what everybody wanted Tavon Austin to be, and Tavon Austin just never became that. Versus Kirk has more of a down like he's a I th- I'm pretty sure he's a faster guy. Like I don't have their forty times up in front of me, and that's not the end all be all. But Kirk's Kirk's fast. I think that we can all agree that he was faster than Cobb was. Well, when I look at the comparisons, I think I remember doing this. I don't remember the exact numbers were, but they were actually pretty comparable. Forty. You know, three cone, uh, every every measurable you could think of, they were pretty comparable across the board. I think so Kirk was slightly faster. I, so but, I actually pulled up their mock draftable. Randall yeah. Cobb compares as a seventy three point six percent. So that is the one, two, three, four. That's the fifth most common comparison between the two. It's then it's like Lanier Simpson, Johnny Dixon, James Prochet actually out of SMU this year, and then Golden Tate, and then actually Stephon Diggs is the sixth. So it's pretty good company. So I guess they compare better than I thought they did athletically, but I still I just think Christian Kirk's not necessarily a better player. Well, it's all about the role in the offense. I think yeah, and he's also in a more high explosive like offense. Like when Cobb was in the early years of Green Bay's like really offensive offensive explosion, like in the early 2010s, he put up great numbers. Obviously, he was a great threat in the red zone, Mm -hmm. which it helps when you're playing with Aaron Rodgers. But you get the point. 
Um, so I want to ask you a question. Have you not seen the video where the gentleman that is younger goes, oh, no, not Cobb again? That's because Cobb makes big plays. I just want to throw that out there. I have not seen that video, but... Wait, how have you not seen that video? It's been I, all over social media for forever. Then maybe, maybe I've seen it. I don't know, dude. It's been a long, it's been a long <laughs> day. I've slept a lot. Let's let's move on. Let's move all on. Right. We're going we're gonna to start talking about these matchups because we do have a Thursday night matchup to preview. So if you're watching this stream in hope of us talking about the Thursday night matchup, this is your opportunity. The Indianapolis Colts versus the Tennessee Titans, 40 and a half, 48 and a half. I can't talk today. It has been a long day for me as well. 48 and a half point over under Indianapolis is favored by one. Uh, so if you've noticed, we started putting in the, uh, I messed up here. This is my fault, but we wow. put in the, <laughs> we put in the, at the spread statistics, uh, against in the, the spread. So, so I'm going to go ahead and explain this stuff real quick. Tyler, if you want to fix the banner, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Uh, so <laughs> against the spread for those that don't know, cause I know there's a couple of you in the chat that don't against the spread is basically, uh, when a team is favored by or is the underdog by a certain amount of points i'm going to throw up the chicago one as an example because it's correct okay oh, there we go there you go so, no <laughs> so india is favored by one uh, and that means so the spread is minus one so on the year india is four and four against the spread meaning whatever they've been favored or underdogs by they have gone four and four against that which isn't great you would like teams to be more dominant against it to be for it to be more clear on the mm -hmm. other side, Tennessee Titans, they're three and five against the spread this year. That means that either they've been favored and haven't won or haven't covered or won by enough to cover the spread. So, so where this comes in in terms of fantasy production is the unpredictability. Whereas we look at the Colts, they're actually pretty predictable. Uh, you know, four and four against the spread is pretty good in terms of being able to sit here and say they're going to be bad, they're going to be good this week. Um, when you look at the Titans – Three and five, I think, is actually pretty nice for them. I, when I would, if, if you had asked me what their against the spread record was, I would not have said three and five. Uh, but I think it's because they had so many close games early in the season uh, that, that that record is kind of not, not favorable. Obviously, they're losing, but it's closer than it should be. Uh, they should probably be two and six or one and seven. So looking at this game, though, the. 48 and a half over under the spread, which we were just talking about here. Indy is favored by one. I do like Indianapolis to win this game. What are you thinking about the Colts and Titans? I want the I think the Titans win this game, and I think the Titans cover the spread. Um, right now, uh, Philip Rivers can't stop throwing knuckleballs, and that's not exactly great. I, I understand T.Y. Hilton's back. I understand Zach Pascal's still there, but I just I don't have any faith in. Um, I just don't have any faith in. Indy's ability to move the ball. Jonathan Taylor's dealing with an injury and not playing up to par right now. Just this offense isn't doing enough for me to have confidence in them scoring versus on the other side, the Titans are, they have Derrick Henry who got shut down last week, but I think that the Colts defense is good, but not quite as good as the bears. I think that Ryan Tannehill can swing the ball pretty well. They can push the ball down the field. Uh, AJ Brown, I think is poised to have a good day. Johnny Smith has had a down couple of weeks. I think he could bounce back this week. The one that's going to be really interesting to watch, um, for those that didn't see, Corey Davis's uh, brother, Titus, uh, is actually a former NFL player, uh, passed away yesterday due to a rare form of kidney cancer. Uh, but he is playing through that today. So for those that believe in uh, storyline games, this is uh, this is one of them. I don't know what Corey mm. Davis's catch total is on the night, but I may or may not be hammering the over on that one because – I think a big game's coming out of Corey Davis tonight. So I'm taking the, I'm taking the Titans here. I'm getting the Titans as an underdog too. I 
I love getting that because if they can get a lead, Derrick Henry can run over anybody. No, I agree. Even even though the Colts are very good at stopping the run, and like I don't want to like gloss over that, they're very good at stopping the run. Like we're talking Chicago Bears level at at affecting your opposing running backs, but the passing offense. Certain teams are going to be made for what the Colts want to do. The Colts want to cover two scheme under, under Matt Eberflus, and when you look at what certain teams like the Titans want to do. They want to get the ball into their playmakers' hands like Jonu Smith, Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, and these guys These guys revolve around making plays after the catch. Corey Davis not so much, but he still is one of those guys who's going to work underneath. He's going to try and find the holes in the zones. I think the Titans can be very successful tonight. I still think the Colts defense is very good because fundamentally they're one of the best in the NFL. They tackle. They, they do what they're supposed to do. The athletes on this defense – they're good. They're not great, but they do what they're supposed to do. And that goes a long way when you're playing defense in the NFL. And so I like, I like the Titans against this Colts defense. I don't love them. I think that the 48 and a half point over under is covered. I do think that Indy still wins this game. I think it's a close game. I think this is going to be one of the better Thursday night games we've had this year. Uh, it's going to be a good game all around. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, in terms of the over/under, I'm taking the over here. I think that there's a there's a fair amount of points scored by both sides. So, so I'm taking the over. Even with Philip Rivers at home. Even with Philip Rivers at the helm, because the Titans' defense just can't slow anybody down right now. I think that it's going to be a matter of the the Titans put up enough points that the Colts just have to do some. Like, I think that the Titans do enough work of their own. I think that Phillip Rivers and the Colts can get the ball moving a little bit against this Titans defense. And so I think the spread is all, or I think the over-unders ultimately hit here. Plus, it's more fun to root for overs than unders. Well, I mean, I'm burying the lead a little bit here. I picked Phillip Rivers at the start of the week. So, I mean, <laughs> so we're good. I mean, in super flex formats, because I think when Again, I was looking at it. Of course, you're going to start him at super flex with four quarters. Hey, you'd be five. surprised. He was, a, he was ranked 25 coming into the week. 25. So I was like, okay, I need to pick this. I need to use yeah, this well, there's four quarterbacks or three quarterbacks ahead of him that are on buys this week. So hey, that's that's a win in my book. <laughs> so <Whatever. we're>, <laughs> so let's move on. Because <laughs> you're playing most of your pieces from this game. I, I even though the okay, over under is you're playing the Titans. Are you who are you playing other than apparently Phillip Rivers and Superflex? <laughs> who are you playing on the Colts? So, I, you can't play Jonathan Taylor. Is T.Y. T. Hilton's playing tonight, isn't he? Yeah, but I'm not I'm not playing him. <laughs> Are you playing Michael Pittman? No. Are you playing Zach Pascal? No, because with all of those players, you're wrong. Somebody has to catch touchdowns. Somebody has to catch them, right? Yeah, Mo Alley Cox, all day. Trey Burton. <laughs> um, right. No, if I'm starting anybody, it's the tight ends. I don't. I can't. Like, if I'm starting a receiver, I guess it's probably Michael Pittman Jr. Ty is just not connecting with Rivers like he needs to, and I can't have any fantasy faith in that as a result. I mean, I think I'm with you there. I love T.Y. Hilton as a player, and I think that he's been relatively injured. I think that there's been an adjustment period with Phillip Rivers. I think there's been a lot going on that has made him fantasy unrelevant, but I do love him as a player, and I think he eventually catches on. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts together a two- to four-week stretch where he returns to T.Y. Hilton form and he wins somebody a championship because of it. I wouldn't be surprised, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So, That's a bold call there, Cotton. Bold hey, call. I'm sure he's been cut in a lot of leagues. Go pick him up, stash him on your roster, or go offer like somebody that go offer like a very low ball offer for T.Y. Hilton. I'm sure somebody will take it. Like I'm not even kidding about that. Uh, All right. Pass. 
pass. Let's move, <laughs> let's move on. Buccaneers, Panthers. We got the man. man what do you do with the Bucks? The, the, the Bucks. The Bucks, dude. Uh, okay, well, um, so Tampa Bay is favored by six, 50 and a half point over under. Also, for uh, I forgot to mention this for those that don't know, the over under is the amount of points that the sports book that you're betting on thinks the two teams are going to combine a score. So for so if your over under is set at fifty, and the two and there's and there, it's a pick'em game, they project yeah. project the two teams to score twenty five points apiece. Let me add so, on to that real quick. So Tampa, so they think Tampa Bay is going to win by six. So with them saying it's a fifty and a half point over under, they would assume that the score. Let me do my math real quick. I know that's hard. See, I thought you had the math ready. That's why <laughs> I let you go. <laughs> no, I did not have the math ready. But so. Minus six is 44. So they're going to be like, what, 24? I'm, uh, my math is way off. But the point is, they think that they think the Tampa Bay is going to win by six. And it's 50 and a half point over. By the way, it's like, it's like 22 and a half to like 28 and a half or, or something. It's something like that. That's no, roughly six points. Right. So Tampa, Tampa has to be by six. I said this 22 is and a half, and half. I said 22 and a half, 28 and a half. That's six. So I was this off. That's like a terrible a example point. for us to try and do this on. We should have picked an easy one like the Colts. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so whatever, moving on. I think the over hits here. I think Tampa Bay covers. I think Tampa Bay is the better team. Uh, I think that they have better weapons. I think that Chris Godwin, another week removed from the injury, is going to have a better week this week. I think Tampa Tom had a probably one of the worst weeks of his career. It might not be the worst game just because he's played for 50 years. So I'm sure there's one that I've forgotten over the years, but – I think they're just. I think they're the better team than Carolina. Carolina won't have Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis started the year strong, but has kind of fallen off over the last few weeks. Obviously, he didn't play last week because of CMC, but the weeks prior to that, he was kind of struggling. Tampa Bay's got a outstanding front, especially against the run. So I'm taking I'm taking the over because I think Tampa runs up the score, and I think that their Teddy can take advantage of their defense a little bit because he has so many good weapons in DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, who I know that's your boy. And then uh, Robbie Anderson. So I like the over here, but I think Tampa ultimately covers. I just think Tampa's the better team. And I think that this is a, it's a pretty, this is a win, must win game for them because. Must win game for both teams, honestly. Yes, for the Panthers, but more for the Buccaneers who everyone thought, oh, t- Super Bowl contender, yada, yada, whatever. I didn't, I didn't think that, but some people did. They are now. They've lost both games to the Saints. They're only they're only one game or like I think a half game back in the win loss column. But they are they've lost two in the division. I think that they if they lose this game, they'd now be one and three in the division on the year. So that's just uh-huh. not good. And yeah. in the previous matchup between these two teams, Tampa whitewashed them. Man, it wasn't even close. So I'll take Tampa here to win. Take Tampa to cover. In terms of fantasy stuff, you're playing Brady. You're playing. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I'm not yep. playing a. I'm not playing AB because not playing Scotty Miller. No, not well. You definitely can't play Scotty Miller now. The AB is the thing. You just you can't play. Yeah, him. He's, not he's, until further notice. What about Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette? Who? Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Fournette, dude. I I've said it every single time we've done this podcast. Every time we've done a live stream, yeah, it scores Fournette similar amount of points. I mean, Fournette had more receptions last week, but who's to say Ronald Jones? I think I think it's a game script type thing. And it sounds weird because you would think that Leonard Fournette would be the positive or the negative game script in terms of we're going to run the ball a lot more. And 
Leonard Fournette's going to be the guy. You would think that he would be the leading running back in this situation, but it's Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is getting more of the carries. Leonard Fournette is getting more of the receptions. So I think it's a game script type thing for these two. Uh, and uh, in this game, it's going to be a close game. I think you can play both. I think I, you can play I, both. They're both flexible. I, I, just, I, I prefer Fournette. I think Fournette is going to continue to take more work as the season goes on. He's been getting a higher snap percentage over the last few weeks. Uh, he's not The big thing for him, especially with Bruce Arians, he's not making mistakes. Bruce Arians has doghoused Ronald Jones in two of the last three weeks, and then last week he just doghoused him because he's not the receiving back, and Fournette is at least a decent receiving threat. And with you, when you have a back as good as Fournette behind you, you, you can't make a mistake. It's you're because you you mess up, you're done, dude. Sorry. Yeah. That's and that's what Bruce Arians is doing. So I want to I want to retouch this line thing real quick because I, I've been thinking about it the entire time you've been talking. Fifteen and a half. Math. I've been trying to do the math. It doesn't work because you have a six point favorite, but it's a it's a it's a half point over under. It doesn't work. So I think it's because of the site we pulled from. It's betting pros. So I pulled from betting pros, and uh, the math does not work. So mind you, most of these betting sites aggregate information, and I don't think the math always checks out. You know. I mean, here's all you have to do is check team totals, but that's that's not important right now. Bottom it's line not, but. is Jacob had a bad source, and Gage <laughs> is good at this stuff. So let's go ahead and move on to our next game. You got anything else to add? No, I had nothing to add. Well, cool. actually, hold on, hold on. Okay, Robbie okay. Moore, DJ Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson DJ. or DJ Moore? Yes, Robbie Anderson. I Robbie can, Moore. I, I I'm actually going to call it on Robbie Moore from now on. Robbie okay. Moore from now on. You, so you, you do that. I'm not going to do that, but you you do that, man. Um, you, you the important thing is here, Mike Davis is reborn, and uh, you can play him again, even though the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are good against stopping the run, great against stopping the run. You're playing Mike Davis this week because Teddy Bridgewater is captain check down himself, and the wide receivers, uh, Robbie Moore, are – falling victim and benefactor to that at the same point because Robbie Anderson, for some reason, is getting a lot of the underneath work, which you would not have anticipated coming into the season. DJ Moore is getting not a lot of the deep work. He, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater can still throw it deep a couple, a couple of times a game, but you're looking at, what, four or five targets a game for DJ Moore maybe. And if he's capitalizing on them, then great. You're getting, you're getting production from DJ Moore. But for the most part, it's Robbie Anderson because they're throwing those Shell crossers, uh, short ends with DJ, uh, with Robbie Anderson as opposed to DJ Moore. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's Robbie Anderson though. Um, DJ Moore is continuing to trend downward. He's continuing to not get as much work. Dynasty wise, I'm buying DJ Moore. I'm buying everywhere. him in. I'm buying him in Dynasty, but I can't. I can't recommend him in like it just for the week. I can't. I can't do yeah. it against a good defense when he's not getting a ton of volume. Robbie Anderson isn't super efficient, but he's getting just so much volume, man. I actually like the Panthers wide receivers against the secondary, though. Like, I understand the secondary has been better than we expected them to be in Tampa, but I like the Panthers wide receivers against the secondary because I think they match up well. I think they match up in their favor. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that more on Sunday, so tune into the Sunday live stream. We can talk about more about the Panthers wide receivers against the Bucks corners and safeties, but we're going to talk about Houston Texans, Cleveland Browns, 49 point over under Cleveland favored by three and a half points that Houston against the spread number though, is disgusting one and seven. Uh, that sounds about right though. Houston has been one of these teams I have been avoiding all year long in terms of betting. I don't want to bet against them. I don't want to bet for them. Uh, th this sounds about right, but 49 point over under, I know I'm smashing the over on this. We talked about it pre-recording uh, Cleveland. I still, I still think wins this game because overall they're a better team. 
but three and a half points. I don't know if they win by more than a field goal. That's why Vegas does what they do, though. Uh, that's why they make us make these decisions. I think I'm going to take the over here because the chances of winning by a field goal, I think, are less than winning by four points or more. So I'm going to take Cleveland to cover. Uh, I'm going to take the over on the score. The two defenses uh, are not living up to snuff, even though Miles Garrett is playing like an absolute stud. Uh, I think he's the favorite for defensive player of the year right now. Uh, I have some time in the morning that I'm probably going to go watch some of his tape just because I've been seeing clips of it online. He's he's just flashing repeatedly. But I think that Cleveland is projected to get Wyatt Teller back this week, and Wyatt Teller is playing like the best guard in football before his injury, Nick Chubb is about to come back uh, this week as well. And for those that don't know, Nick Chubb, who has missed, I believe, what, four or five weeks at this point, is still leading the NFL in 20-plus yard carries. He's played half the season, and he still has more 20-plus yard carries than anybody else. That just shows (laughs) this guy was explosive. He makes big plays. This team wants to run the ball. The Texans can't stop the run to save their lives. Baker's inconsistent. OBJ's out. I don't care. Just well, get, just turn around, hand the ball to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and prosper. It's pretty simple. It's funny you mentioned the Baker Mayfield inconsistency because I actually picked him as a start of the week. He came into the week ranked quarterback 13 from Fantasy Pros. And when I look at what the Browns can do against this Texans offense, that is going to be established the run, right? With, especially with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. This Browns offense is at its best when they can establish the run and start running play action, that's when they can do what they want to do on offense. And I think Baker prospers this week from a fantasy perspective. I could see a stat line of 250 and four from, from Baker Mayfield because the, the, the Texans offense or defense, I'm sorry, is just okay. And the, the offense should be able to score points himself. So I, I like Baker a lot this week. I like a lot of the Browns pieces, especially if Nick Chubb comes back. Uh, I like a lot of the Browns pieces, including Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I like Jarvis Landry as well. Uh, he's also a, like you said, DJ Moore's a buy for you in Dynasty. He is a buy, but Jarvis Landry is a buy for me in um, Redraft. He has a, he plays the Jets and the Giants in the fantasy playoffs. He has about a 10 point fantasy floor. He, obviously, OBJ's out. Baker's got to throw the ball to somebody, right. and Jarvis is the guy. So, so yeah, it's it's so Jarvis is a good play for me this week. You're obviously playing Chubb, you're playing Hunt. I like Baker as well. You're playing Deshaun Watson because you can't bench him. You're firing up Will Fuller, who has just been on a tear this year now that he's finally healthy. Brandon Cooks, you're playing. I think it's pretty it's a pretty chalky game. I think that there could be a lot of points here, and that's why that's why I'm taking the over. But I still think I think Cleveland's the better team, and mm-hmm. so that's why I'm taking them to cover on this one. No, I, I think so as well. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I think that there's a like a likelier chance of Cleveland scoring four or more points than the Texans do than scoring three or less. And so I, I'm taking the Cleveland Browns to cover that four, that three and a half point favorite. Uh, the Texans are a decent team, like, but they they've obviously got some things on the uh, inside that they need to figure out because the the talent on this team does not match the record or the performance, and so. I'll take the Browns here. I think Stefanski's doing good things in Cleveland. Uh, I'll take the Browns here to cover the three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm taking the over at 49. I think there's more than seven touchdowns combined in this game. All right. Let's move on to the next game. Washington football team, the Detroit Lions, our beloved Detroit Lions. I mean, And, and, you, and you, you didn't even get the <laughs> beloved Detroit Lions uh, against the spread numbers, man. What are you doing? Oh, you're, You're right. Let me look it up. Me here. Okay, there's, they're <laughs> three and five against the spread. Thank for those you. Want to know? 
Washington, obviously three, four, and one. So basically, they're they're identical teams, which you love to see. It makes our life super easy here. Forty six and a half is the over under. Detroit is favored by four and a half. I'm taking Washington to cover. Uh, I think that the yeah. I think that they have a better defense. I think that their offense has enough pieces with Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, revenge game. Jaden McKissich uh, is a good threat out of the backfield. Antonio Gibson might miss that. It might miss this game, which uh, doesn't give me a ton of confidence. But that makes uh, JD McKissich an absolute smash this week. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm definitely playing in this week, uh, but I just uh, I think that that he has an even higher ceiling if Gibson is to miss. I believe he's dealing with a shoulder injury, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, are you playing Alex Smith this week? That's the question everybody wants to know. No, I'm not playing Alex Smith this week. Even against this soft Detroit defense. Even against the soft Detroit defense. Now, you're, I- you're no fun, man. He had 300 <laughs> plus yards last week, and then you're not going to play him. Lame. You don't like. Are him. you playing him? No, because I did, I don't have to. I have better quarterbacks. Okay, then. So do I. But that's not the point. But, I mean, we're looking at – okay, so if we're talking about playing Alex Smith, I think from an Alex Smith standpoint, we're obviously talking about Superflex, right? Yeah. There's no way you're playing him at one quarterback. No way. Superflex, you're definitely playing him. I'm playing him at Superflex. Are you kidding me? Okay, let's think about this for a second. Patrick Mahomes is on a bye. Sam Darnold's on a bye. I understand you're probably not playing Sam Darnold. But let's see. And then you have Matt Ryan's on a bye. And then who's the other team on a bye this week? Uh, we talked about this Dallas. <laughs> pre-show. Dallas. Dallas. Dallas on a bye. Yeah, so maybe you weren't playing Ben DiNucci slash Andy Dalton slash Cooper Cut or Cooper Rush slash Garrett Gilbert, whatever. <laughs> but you were playing at least two of those guys. So that automatically bumps up Alex Smith's spot. Throw in the fact that he's got a great matchup while other guys have bad matchups this week, such as Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's got a terrible matchup against the – Not playing over Joe Burrow, though. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying there's guys yeah. that have bad matchups this week. Cam Newton, you're, I know you're probably, you're playing Cam Newton because Cam Newton's your boy. I'm against but, Baltimore? No. Not oh, so you're not, playing, you're not playing against Baltimore? Well, okay. There's Just, another spot that Alex Smith moves there, up. There, no, 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 no. In Superflex, Superflex, absolutely, because okay. the chance of him getting a rushing touchdown trumps everything. So okay. even against the Baltimore defense that has the – pieces to just swarm this new England front. Yes. Even against them. Did you, did you see that down the goal line? They ran a Cam Newton sneak three times in a row. Okay. Anyway, we're not, we're not talking about that right now. Not so yet. We're talking yet. about this game, but I'm just saying that Alex Smith, I don't think is the worst play in Superflex this week. I think that the worst. No, I think you probably have better options, but if you don't, I don't hate putting him in there. I'm not going to put like a, a, a wide receiver in my super flex spot over him. So just to clarify real quickly, in case you don't know what super flex is, we should probably hit on that. Uh, super flex is when you can play two quarterbacks in your starting lineup. Uh, and so it is becoming the most popular format to play fantasy football, but you can play two quarterbacks in your fantasy lineups. So it really kind of creates some further lineup decisions when you get to the back end of your uh, roster in terms of who you're going to start. But Alex Smith, I do not believe, is a top 24 quarterback option this week. I don't believe that. I think he's a 26, 27 option uh, this well, week. Well, so. you know what? You drafted Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan, and you didn't pay attention to bye week. So. Maybe, maybe you don't have a choice, and you know what? You're going to play him. I guess that, is that what we're that, getting at? Yeah, That's basically what I'm getting at is that I don't feel like it's a death sentence to play So out. I guess the death sentence to the super flex quarterback position is, are you going to play a position player over that quarterback? Not over Alex Smith, no. 
Okay, there you go. That's fine. I I think that's a fine argument. That's just, that's what I was more getting at. Is just would you play like there's some leagues where you're gonna do that. Yeah. Like there sometimes that's what you have to do. But in the, I don't think that Alex Smith is such a dire play. We've spent way too long on Alex Smith. <laughs> way too long on Alex Smith. You're playing Terry McClure. You're playing uh, Logan Thomas yes. for the Lions. You're playing Matt Stafford. You're playing the Marvin Jones. Jones. Are you playing Marvin Jones? Uh, Marvin Jones, he, yes. No Kenny what, Galladay, definitely. What about Danny Amendola? With no Kenny Galladay, yes. Okay. And then you're playing, obviously, Hawk. And then you're playing DeAndre Swift. And that's it for Detroit. What are you doing with the uh, the, the spread here? <laughs> I mean, it's in Detroit. Detroit typically plays better in Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit to cover four and a half, but I don't love it. I'm probably not betting on this game, to be honest with you. 46 and a half point over under. Probably taking the under. I think the over under is about right. I think if I could, I think I could finish at 46, I think I could finish at 47. Uh, but I'm, I'm just not betting on this game. But if I have to, I'm taking Washington to cover. Boom. Okay, so we're aligned there. I'd take the under, personally. Um, money line, I'm taking Detroit. Money line, Detroit, uh, spread, Washington. Also, for those that don't know, last bit of terminology probably for the night, money line means winning outright. So for Green Bay versus Jacksonville, you would take Green Bay to win on the money line because yes. Green Bay is a significantly better team. Anyway, so Jacksonville Jaguars against the Green Bay Packers – Jacksonville three and five against the spread on the year. Green Bay is six and two against the spread on the year. They're over under set at fifty. Green Bay is favored by thirteen points. That is a hefty, hefty, hefty line. That's their biggest line of the year, isn't it? Yeah, because they, they haven't played anybody else that mm. they were this much of a favorite against. Agreed. And I'm taking Jacksonville to cover that line. I, you know, grant, okay, granted, Jacksonville's coming into Green Bay. I don't expect big things from them. But in the reality of NFL football, 13 points is a big line. Yeah, no, I'm thinking Jacksonville to cover. I, yeah. I, I can't in good conscience, especially after Jake Luton or whatever his name is, Luton, Luton, whatever. Yeah. I can't take after he had a decent week last week. Again, Texans defense isn't great, but he had a good week. I think that he can put up enough points to cover 13. And Green Bay, all season long, when they've gotten big leads against Minnesota, against uh not so much houston weirdly enough but just yeah. when they get these big leads they tend to sit back because mike Pettin doesn't like to play aggressive defense because i mean even against houston up. though they got a garbage tutty at the end yeah I so mean. they just they're they they relax and i could see a backdoor cover happen so that's why i'm just gonna yeah. take jacksonville uh, outright what are you doing with the over under though because i'm taking the over i'm taking the over as well well here's the thing though i think you need jacksonville to cover the their part of the bargain here uh you need them to be able to put up some points because green bay themselves is not gonna put up more than what 35 you know so i mean that's probably 43 in week one what do you want and yeah, the, they haven't they, i don't think they've gotten close since then though so anyway i don't think jacksonville is gonna do enough to cover 50 but at the same time if we're talking to them covering the spread that means green bay is gonna only score maybe 28 something like that low 30s Okay, so Green Bay has put up 43, 42, 37, and then 30, and then there was the dud against the, the Bucks, and then 35, 22 against uh, the Vikings, and then they put up 34 last week, okay. and the argument can be made they would have put up much more than that. Well, with that, with that logic then, yeah, with that logic and Green Bay, we're saying Green Bay is not going to cover because I do think that's not going to happen, uh, then yes, they're, the over would hit here. 
Okay, cool. What are you doing from a fantasy perspective here? Yeah, fans' uh, perspective, obviously you're smashing Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Alan Lazard. I'm probably playing him in a lot of flex formats. And Alien then, Lizard, you got to love it. Uh, Jamal Williams. What are you doing with Jamal Williams? I'm not playing him. I can't. Even in flex. I, even I, in the flex. In if I have no COVID, bye week ridden. Uh, if I have no better options, then yes, I'm playing Jamal in the flex, but I don't love it, and hopefully, I have a better developed roster that I don't need to play him. I'm what with Jamal, you likely couldn't get him to be your handcuff with Aaron Jones because he got drafted slightly too high for that. Unless you want to make it a priority. You talking about Jamal Williams? Yes, I'm talking about Jamal Williams. Jamal, Jamal Williams, Williams was not drafted in a lot of formats, though. You okay? Well, then I need to play in your leagues more often, because <laughs> right? He was drafted all over the place for me, and I'm like, you guys suck. Because I, I had a waiver pickup on Jamal Williams week one everywhere. I would love because I would love to have Jamal Williams as my backup to like as my backup because nothing against Aaron Jones, he's dealt with injuries basically every single year. So I would love to have had Jamal and didn't anyway. I like I'm, I'll play him on my flex, but hopefully I've developed a roster to where I don't have to do that and I'm not forced mm-hmm. to. But it's not the worst thing, especially in a game where I expect some running and they they want to split touches. Uh, in terms of Jaguars pieces, I can't start Jake Luton. I can't do it. No, obviously not. No. If Jair is out, Kevin Tompkins here in the chat makes a very good point. If Jair is out, it's Chark season. Good point. I think Jair plays. I do too, but he didn't practice today. I don't care. I care. It's a concussion. He I, didn't practice today. He he could have faith. Ye of little faith. This is this is the discussion though. Like we talked about this before. There is one corner every year that ascends into this tier. One corner this year. It's Jair Alexander. If Jair Alexander is playing, you do not play the opposing wide receiver one for that team. Yeah, you do not. And if he is out, you're playing them because you expect normal production. But Jair Alexander, Jair Alexander has ascended into not only all pro discussion, but elite, absolutely elite top five, top ten corner discussion in the entire NFL. He wasn't there already. This is this is one of those things that you have to talk about with Jair Alexander. And so yeah. if he's not playing, you are playing Chark. If he's playing, you should really 100%. You're probably playing Chark in a lot of formats, but you should temper your expectations greatly. Yeah, no, I, I just, um, I, I, I can't agree more because Jair is Jair Island. He is a lockdown threat. He, especially against a backup quarterback, where Chark is going to, it's like he's just gonna have to hope he has volume. If Jair's playing, I'm, I, Chark is sitting on my bench, and if he blows up, I'm willing to get bit. Yeah, that way. right. I agree. You, I agree. You're playing James Robinson, right? Obviously. And he's, a, he's a top five running back. I hate to admit it, but the Packers can't stop the run, and you're playing every single opposing running back against them. I hate to admit it because, you know, whatever. I don't want to I don't want to be able to talk ill will about, against the Packers, but here we are. They can't stop a running back to save their life right now. Doesn't matter who it is. And so James Robinson has been equally productive all year, and he's going to be able to be productive against this Packers front. Yeah. If for some reason Kenny Clark still starts dominating and eating up two to three blockers per play, maybe not. But even then, he should still put up a ten to fifteen point week, and you're you're going to be getting decent production out of James Robinson. So yeah, the Jags have a surprisingly good offensive line. They do, they do. I mean, they invested a lot into it a couple well, years ago, helps, and it also helps that it's the same offensive line that they had last year. They were one of a few, like like four or five mm-hmm. teams that had the exact same starting roster. 
from here. The Packers did that, and the Packers are one of the best offensive lines in football right now. But let's move on because I don't know there's a lot to talk about here. I mean, LaVisca Chanel. I guess LaVisca Chanel will be the final question I have for you. Are you playing LaVisca Chanel? Can't do it. I'm pretty sure he's also dealing with the injury. So, no, not playing it. Okay. Moving on. Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Giants are 6-3 and three against the spread. Philadelphia Eagles 3-5. and five. Over under set at 44.5. Philly favored by three. First, taking the over. These defenses are not very good. The offenses can move the ball enough. The Giants have shown that the last couple of weeks. Where's the Giants defense lander? Are you kidding me? They have been better than expected. We've talked about this. They're the better than been... expected, but still not good. Mm, they've, been, they've been good. They've expected. been good, not great. I'll give you that. When people I meet mean, me, I am better than expected. I'm still not great. <laughs> I am better right. than expected at fantasy, but I'm not very good at it. Anyway, I'm taking <laughs> Philly to cover. Uh, I just I think Philly's the better team. I think that that's why they're leading the division. I think that ultimately they're going to end the year right around 500 or slightly below it. They're still going to win it. I don't think the Giants are. I think that the Giants are spunky. They're surprising, but I also think Daniel Jones is one of the probably three worst starting quarterbacks in football. I he is. I I have no reason to think otherwise. The guy can't get the ball out on time. Okay, name 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 two worst. Or not? You know you know what? Name, yeah, name two worst, and then if you can, name three worst. Sam Darnold, Nick Foles. So Garrett, all, Gilbert. You, Garrett Gilbert lit up the Steelers a week ago. Stop it. No. no We're going to lose me. all of our listeners and our followers. With Spot this. the Stop lie. It. Tell me where the lie is. Garrett Stop Gilbert it. lit up the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. Tell me where I'm wrong. <laughs> no, they did it. They put up 19 points. But he was expected to put up zero points. He had okay. a good week. We have spent 20 seconds too long in this conversation right now. You're just messing <laughs> up right. No, I'm not. <laughs> Eagles, Giants. Uh, I think the Giants are underrated defensively. Uh, I actually wrote about Carson Wentz, the sit of the week this week. Uh, he last time they played the Giants, he salvaged his week. They they put up some garbage time points, garbage time tutties. That's not going to happen this week, I don't believe. I like the Giants to finish at home. I like the Giants to take the lead. Uh, let you know, let Daniel Jones take over. Maybe run some read options or something like that. You know, considering all he can do is run the football. Uh, that's about it. So I, I think that this game is overall disgusting. I think the over under is about right. I think the I under think hits. Not, hit, the, hit the over, dude. Whatever. Root for points. Taking the on. under. I'm Be taking the fine. Giants to cover. I'm taking the Giants to cover. I'm taking the under. Uh, and I just don't like a lot of points in this game. In period, I don't like Sterling Shepard. I don't like Devontae Freeman, who re-aggravated his injury today. So Wayne Gallman, I guess, is the guy you're looking at. Yeah, Wayne Gallman's the guy that's played well all year. He continues to play better than Devonta Freeman. And I don't know why you keep trying to make Freeman a thing. Quit trying to Fre- make Freeman happen. Because Freeman's technically the starting running back there. That's why. I yeah, but Goldman's playing good. Goldman's playing well. Whatever, man. Anyway, You're Evan playing. Ingram, uh, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard are probably the only three guys I'm playing. Yeah. I, I mean, I play Wayne Goldman. Philadelphia, are you playing? You're playing Travis Fulgham. You're playing yeah, John you're Rager. Playing flex. He's a flex consideration. Dallas Goddard. Uh, I'm starting him, but uh, if I have better options, I'm playing them. Like uh, I'm playing, like if I have Johnny Smith, I'm playing Johnny Smith. Goddard only saw one target last week. I don't know if that's just because he was still working back from an injury or what that was, but he only saw one target, uh, and I don't like that. Or yeah, last week. So I'm playing like guys like Johnu, who I know will get at least two targets. Oh, one uh, important note: uh, Miles Sanders should be back this week. That's pretty big. That is pretty big. So yeah, I like I'd play Goddard, but if I have better options, I'm playing them. Uh, All right. Moving on. Go ahead. Yeah, let's Chargers, talk about this game. Dolphins. Dolphins are 6-2 and two against the spread this year. You love that. 
Chargers are 4-3-1 and one against the spread. They can't get out of their own way and win games, which is really unfortunate because Justin Herbert is playing well. He's got a literal cannon attached to his shoulder, which I'm pretty jealous of. I would like to be able to throw the ball as hard as he does. Ultimately, Miami favored by one and a half. I'm taking Miami to cover there. I think the mm-hmm. Miami's the better team. Uh, I think that they have a better, much better defense um, uh, in terms of over-under, 48 and a half. I'm taking the under here because I think Miami likes to dominate games. Uh, like they're they're this weird team. They don't like to just run the ball and just beat the hell out of you to dominate the game, but they suffocate you with defense and do a good enough job on offense. So I'm taking the under here. Uh, I think they're able to slow down the Chargers offense, and I think that Herbert kind of comes back to earth this week. And I know most people are going to say, oh, well, the Chargers have been playing well. They just can't quite get over the hump. Yeah, no, they're still not going to get over the hump. That's been the Chargers the last five years. Yeah, that's true. So I'm I'm taking the Dolphins. Yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup when the Chargers and the Falcons play against each other, and neither one of them can get out of their own damn way. In terms of fantasy, though, you're still playing Keenan Allen. Oh, absolutely. I'm taking all the pieces from this game. I think the overhits. Which, Which running back are you playing for the Chargers? I want to see if you've been paying attention. Well, it depends if Jackson plays. If not, it's Tremaine Pope. I don't but think Jackson I, plays. I, I, I was wanting to see if you were paying attention to the news. Of course I'm paying attention. That's rude. Tremaine Pope, uh, yeah. if, if, if Justin Jackson doesn't play, Josh Kelly's time in Los Angeles while he's dealing – is he dealing with an injury right now, though? I, that part I, I don't know. know if he's dealing with an injury, but he's I not just, the no, starter, so it doesn't matter. He's not going to start. That's all that matters. Um, yeah, but, so on the Dolphin side of things – oh, wait, are you playing Herbert? Yes. Definitely in superflex. Are you playing him in single quarterback? I think he's a borderline quarterback one. I, I've wow. written against I've written against Herbert in the past and he's come to bit me, come to bite me. Uh he's he's borderline matchup proof just because of the, the weapons he has around him. Uh I can't wait till Austin Eckler comes back and gets incorporated into this offense because this you offense see, Eckler might not be back until like week thirteen though. Yeah, I did. Sadly. He, saw, he said that on his Twitch stream last night. Which also, for those of you that don't know, if you want to find out about players, go yeah. watch their Twitch stream because right? that's where they talk about all of this stuff. <laughs> all their personal information. <laughs> like for Green Bay, Marquez Valdez Scantling streams, and he talk and he talks about all sorts of stuff when he's streaming. So if that's so, if you want to find out information, that's where you go. Go to their Twitch streams. By the way, the 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 Dolphins they are okay. They allow about eighteen points per game. To quarterback, so that's okay. That's not bad. So yeah, I'd play Herbert. Yeah, twenty points is a borderline quarterback one. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're still, like, I think top 10 in the NFL against quarterbacks, but that's because mm-hmm. some teams are just getting lit up, like feel, like Seattle. Um, any Anything else to talk about? So you're playing Devontae Parker this week? Yes. Um, and I do think um, – no, because he's an IR. Oh, sh- Talk right. about not paying attention. Damn. I knew he was dealing with an injury. I didn't know if he ended up going on IR. Are you playing um, Mike Musicki this week? Uh yes. Are yes, you playing Tua Tungavailoa? Yes. Cool. We're talking about superflex with Tua. Uh, quarterback one, no. Probably fair not. enough. So fair enough. But but in this game though, I I talk about all the time. If you think Miami's gonna win this game, I looking do. at this, looking at these lines, if you think Miami's gonna win this game, then you have to take them at one and a half to cover because the chance of them winning by one point are so slim, so slim. That if you think Miami's gonna win this game, just take them at the one and a half point favorite. Uh, because there's you no mean like I do. did five minutes ago? Yes, I'm just saying in general, from a betting perspective, this is a betting lesson right here. No, no, no. Uh, I'm saying yeah, I I put real money on this oh. game like less than five minutes ago. That's yeah. why I have this other monitor up 
and I use you for advice and then I use my own <laughs> advice and I go, and, yeah, I and I go that. win money. I appreciate you giving me free betting picks. You're awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, I think the overheads Miami covers. Yeah. It's one of the bills Cardinals because this is a fun game. This game is going to be a lot of fun. Bills are four and five against the spread on the year. Arizona's mm. five and three against the spread. The reason why the bills are four and five is because they've gotten a lot of, they've had a lot of big lines like against the jets. They had a huge line. They didn't ultimately cover because they were, because they just fooled around too much. For the Cardinals, they've been dogs and they're winning games. The over under at 56 and a half. This game opened at 50. Vegas has seen everybody putting money on the over. I wish that I, this is why you bet early, folks, because mm-hmm. you could, because covering 50 or going over 50 is a lot easier than going over 56 and a half. Arizona is favored by two and a half here. And you know what I'm going to do, Tyler? I'm taking the Bills because the Bills are a better team and the Bills have. Here we go. Yeah. We go. Yeah. Go ahead. East. West, East, care. West. What happened last week? Remember what happened last week? The Seattle Seahawks. You said they were the better team going into Buffalo. What happened? They got trounced. They put up some garbage time putties. Fine, great. They saved. They saved their fantasy day. But overall, they got destroyed. I'm taking the Cardinals here. I'm taking yeah. the Cardinals to cover. I'm, I'm taking the under on 56 and a half, 50 and a half. I'm taking the over. But the, I'm taking the Cardinals to cover two and a half. East, West. It's a thing. Thanks to my buddy for that. I, you know who you are. You don't have to. I don't have to name you. But we we talked about it at length last week. It was a thing. It's going to be a thing this week. It's going to be a thing moving forward. Cardinals to cover two and a half points. All right, I'm taking the fair enough. Fantasy wise, what are you doing? That was the end of my, that was the end of my soapbox. By the way, I just had playing to Josh Allen, playing Stephon Diggs, playing John Brown, not playing the tight ends, uh, not playing. I can't play Cole Beasley. I wish I could. I just can't do it. On the Arizona side of things, you're playing Kyler Murray. You're playing Chase Edmonds. You're playing Christian Kirk. You're playing New Hopkins. I can't play any of the other wide receivers. It's pretty easy uh, there. Now, the one spot that gets interesting is Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss. Both are ranked in the top 30 for fantasy, like in Fantasy Pros consensus ranks. Uh, I think that we had them in the top, both in the top 35. I don't have the rankings in front of me, so I'm not 100% sure on that. But... I'm playing Singletary because I think Singletary is a better receiving back, and I think there's a lot of points scored in this game. I think, and I think that Buffalo has to throw to try and keep pace. I just think that I just like single. I also think Singletary is a better player. So I do too, but the opportunities recently do not indicate that, and I think the opportunities recently indicate that Zach Moss is the better play here. I don't like either running back this week. I like there to be a lot of points in this game. Don't get me wrong. If you have to pick one, I'm probably picking Singletary based off of the history, but. I just, I, if you told me you're going to take Zach Moth over Singletary, I'd be like, okay. Like, I wouldn't fight you on it because I think it's a gut feeling going into this game. Uh, there should be points. There should be passing. That's why I'm leaning Singletary. I'm trying to follow the logic here. Whether or not the logic benefits me, I don't know. But I think there's a lot of points. I'm still playing everybody on both sides of the ball. Uh, you mentioned Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, uh, John Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Kyler Murray. It's chalk. It is. There's a lot of players you're playing. Uh Kenyon Drake, he's not playing this week, is he? I don't think. Not, I saw him not quite yet. I'm pretty sure he's still out with an injury. So Chase Edmonds, I think. What's your realistic expectation for Chase Edmonds? He's an RB two. Okay, fair enough. So you're, you're playing. Right. You're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I said you're playing. Right. Kenyon Drake, limited participant practice Wednesday and Thursday. If you're the Cardinals, I don't play him, and here's why. Chase Edmonds is playing well enough in his stead. You don't need to put Kenyon Drake out there. If he's not 100%, there's no reason to rush him back. This isn't a team like Tennessee where Derrick Henry's close to 100%. You got to play him. Why? Because the step back from Derrick Henry is – what's his name? Darrington Evans? 
Yeah. Well, McNichols and, then, and Dante Foreman, but yes. Yeah, and then me, I'm going to use the Giants as well as an example. You go from Saquon Barkley to Wayne Gallman, Devonta Freeman, Deion Lewis. If those guys are close to 100%, I understand Barkley's out with an ACL injury. It's just an example there, folks. Chill. So are you calling Drake just a guy? Yeah, he's a jag. Oh, all right, let's move on. <laughs> the Raiders hosting the Denver Broncos. Raiders are favored by four, over, under, set at 50 and a half. Raiders on the year five and three against oh. the spread. Same thing with the Broncos, five and three. The reason the Broncos are five and three is because – Drew Locke. People, well, Drew, yep, Drew Locke and his uh, infamous uh, nickname, which will not be said here, but if you want to see it, just go check uh, Broncos Twitter. Everyone thinks the Broncos are bad, and the Broncos find ways to stay in games. The Broncos are injury-ridden. The skeleton is here. The team is good. Do I think the team stays in this game? Mm, that's yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. No, I think the Raiders win this game easily, even though it's a mile high. Oh, no, wait, no, 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 it's, it's not. Home. It's not Vegas. Remember, I, put, on me. I put the home team first. I that's how I always do it. Yes, I didn't. The, Vegas, the Raiders are hosting. I think the Raiders win by four, at least. Yes. I don't. I'm taking the Broncos to cover. I'm taking the over on the points. The Raiders can't play defense, especially against the pass. And Drew Locke and the Broncos love to throw the ball. They they do it late. They don't they don't start early. They don't start till the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure that Drew Locke goes and parties the night before because he shows that he doesn't show up for the first three quarters. I don't know why, but in the fourth quarter, the last couple of weeks, he's lit it up. He's able to get his team back in the game. I don't know that they're able to win outright, but I think they're able to keep it within four. So I'm taking the Broncos to cover. From a fantasy perspective, pivoting, transitions. I don't want to play Derek Carr, but you're playing Josh Jacobs. You're playing Darren Waller. Can you play any Raiders receiver with any form of confidence? I mean, last week we said that Ruggs should have been able to win any foot race with any Chargers defensive back, and he did nothing. I think he he won the foot races. He just didn't get the ball thrown to him. (laughs) Which is funny because Derek Carr is a strong arm, deep pass type quarterback. But, uh, no, I can't play any of the Raiders wide receivers right now. Cool. Really On to the Broncos side of things. You're playing Drew Locke. Lock him yeah. in. Even yes. though Jerry Judy's dealing with an injury and Tim Patrick's dealing with one. And yes. Noah Fant's dealing with them. I don't care. They're all going to play. You're <laughs> Just keep listening negative. It's going to work out for I know. Right? No, 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 no. I talked about Drew Locke uh, the other day. I don't care that Drew Locke and all of his – I don't care that his guys are dealing with injuries. I think they're all going to play this week. I think Jerry Judy missed practice on Wednesday, not due to an injury. I think it was a personal thing. But So I think they're all going to play. I hate this Raiders secondary because they can't stop anybody. Um, so I love it for Denver. I think that – I, th- I just think Denver's able to move the ball. I also think Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon are both reasonable plays this week. I don't think that either one of them is an RB2, but they're definitely in the flex consideration. For reference, we talked about Jamal Williams earlier. I would prefer both Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon oh, yes. to Easily. Jamal this week. So Easily. that's about where I'm at. You're obviously playing Fant. You're playing Jerry Judy because he's finally getting volume and converting on it. It was awesome. The Jerry Judy buy window in Dynasty is closed. I'm sorry. It's just, oh, man, it was so good to get him when you could. Everybody should have paid attention. All right, let's move on, though. Rams, Seahawks, another game that should be uh, breeding a lot of points. Uh, the Rams offense is very average, I think. It's uh, better than we thought it was going to be coming into the year because Jared Goff is better than we thought he was going to be. But the defense has been better than we, than we thought it was going to be as well for the Rams. And so that shows with their 4-4 four and four against the spread. The Seahawks are 5-3 and three against the spread, over under 54.5 points. 
Rams are favored by one and a half points. I favor the Seahawks here. So technically the Seahawks are favored by one and a half points, but because the Rams are home, they get the three point advantage. That was a lot. So Rams, Seahawks, I uh, like a lot of pieces in this game. Again, this is another game where you're, you're pretty much playing everybody. And I think the question is for the Rams, we're still playing Gerald Everett at tight end, correct? Yeah. Um, so somebody on Twitter, I believe it was Sam Wallace of Rotoviz, which if you guys don't follow him, uh, you he's absolutely should. He have, yes. he, he's awesome. He's uh, he's a great follow from actual fantasy perspective, but he's also just a great guy. Uh, never heard anybody say anything bad about him, so go follow him if you don't already. He put up a uh, Twitter post today about the difference between Gerald Everett and uh, Tyler Higby. He and Tyler Higby are wide or tight end 19 and tight end 20 on the year. They are literally separated by just a couple of points, and so they are – neck and neck but i think everett's the better player he is more athletic i think he, uh, he from a fantasy perspective the upside is better yes yes uh, i think that higby gives you touchdown upside but i don't like to rely on touchdowns i rely on mm. volume i say it all the time i'm pretty sure it's in my twitter bio uh chase chase volume not touchdowns uh, just Everett gets more touches uh thrown his way so that's why you're going with him onto the wide receivers you're playing cooper cup you're playing robert woods you Josh Reynolds is an interesting flyer option just because the matchup is Deeper really good. Leagues, yes. Yeah, just just because of the matchup. I like yeah. any other week I'm not playing him. So he's more of a DFS option than anything else. Like if you're like in a team running back, what are you doing? Uh, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, you're not playing Malcolm Brown. Uh for yeah, no, you're not playing Malcolm Brown, but for a sneak peek at tomorrow, Daryl Henderson is one of my sits of the week. Um when hmm. the Rams get behind, they don't put Henderson in the game. He's not a good, he, I don't know if he's a bad pass blocker or what the issue is, but he does not get on the field. It's there. It's Malcolm Brown. That's on the field. Malcolm Brown doesn't get touches, but he's on the field. Um, and I think Seattle's going to put up points here. That's why I think Seattle's going to cover cover. I, I got, I'm betting right now, as we speak, I am betting money on Seattle because I'm getting them as a one and a half point dog. And so yeah. I'm taking them on the money line. Cause I think they're going to win outright. I they think should win outright. I think, yeah, I think the overhits here. So I'm so I like Seattle to put up points, but I can't play Henderson. I can't play any one of the running backs. No, you can't. No, 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 I was trying to think if I had if I had to play one. I actually you know what? I'm not playing one. I'll take I, a zero. I'll take a zero on the spot. I don't care. I'm playing Daryl Henderson because I have to in some places, but yeah, if I have to, I guess it's Daryl Henderson because I can guarantee he's going to get three touches before they're down by 14 points. Onto the Seattle side of things, you're playing Russell Wilson, but temper expectations. The Rams have been one of the three best defenses against quarterbacks for fantasy this season. They're allowing, I believe, 14.8 PPR or fantasy points per game. That's terrible. You hate to see that, but you're still starting Russ. You're starting Chris Carson as long as he plays. Uh, at, at wide receiver, you're playing DK. Met, you're playing DK Metcalf, and also if this game is not on your TV at four o'clock, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're about to see DK Metcalf versus Jalen Ramsey, and that's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun. You don't think Jalen Ramsey stays on most of the field? No, no, I don't, because he's because all year he's shadowed. Mm. Okay. He's shadowed, and he he goes into the slot and shadows sometimes too. It, Fair enough. He's he's been bizarre and not covered exclusively wide receiver ones. He just basically goes and plays where he wants. And the defensive coordinator is like, eh, sure. I mean, sure, as CB1, like, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as you can use them as a weapon, I don't care how you're using them, as long as they're using them effectively. And if you can make a quarterback think about where that opposing corner is on every single play, that's that's enough for me. And yeah, so, no, yeah. 
I was reading about um, it but yesterday, and they said that like Jalen has, I think against Washington, he went and cover, he went into the slot. Not like McClure was on the outside. He's like, I'm gonna go cover the slot for five snaps or something dumb. And I'm like, what? Why? Why are so, you there? Well, like, yeah, for some defensive coordinators, eliminating the wide receiver one and opposing offenses enough. For some defensive coordinators, you want to say, okay, well, here's my best player. I'm gonna put him here, and I'm gonna build a play around him. That's yeah. I think that's what you want to do, honestly. Uh, and that depends. They can come in different ways. But we can talk about defensive, you know, the way the way to build defenses and, and your opposing offenses. We can talk about that in the offseason. Let's move on to the Saints and the Niners because I don't have any disagreements with you on this, that Seahawks-Rams matchup. Uh, the Saints, three and a half against the spread, or 3.5. Three and five against the spread. They are nine and a half point favorites in this game. The Niners, four and five against the spread. It's a 48.5 point over under. That spread for new orleans is massive it's massive yeah i don't i I like the saints to win this game outright i love them on the money line i do not love them to win by 10 points yeah no i tends a lot like we said again like we said earlier about they are home though yeah i don't care i don't care like we said about the green bay jacksonville game it's hard to win by a lot and Mm. i think that the 49ers if they're forced to throw i think they get the backdoor cover so i'm gonna go ahead and hedge my bet and take San Francisco to just cover, cover in the first place. That's Here's why I'm going to say about. no. Here's why I'm actually again. You're taking I, New Orleans here. I think I'm taking New Orleans, and here's why. More power to you. What do the Saints do really well? Stop the run. Stop the run. What do the Niners do? They run the ball. So you're going to be putting the ball into Nick Mullins' hand. And yep. while the Saints' passing defense has not necessarily been what we expected it to be coming into the year, it hasn't been bad. It's been pretty average. I, I, Brandon Ayuk should have a decent day, but I don't think he has enough of a good day to save this entire offense. I actually like the Saints to win by 10 points. Not after talking myself through it a little bit, I like the Saints to win by 10 points. Do you think – is Diva playing this week? Do we know? I See, that's the thing. I think he's dealing with an injury. Right? Yeah, I know so, he's dealing with an injury, but I – I don't think I he heard, plays this week. What I had heard is he was borderline to play against Green Bay. That's why I was kind of asking okay. if you knew whether or not. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I haven't seen an update in that regard. Okay. Anyway, yeah. No, I'm taking. I'm taking San Francisco to cover. Just this line's too big, man. I can't. But it's not going to change anything for me. If Debo plays, it's not going to change anything. Yeah, it's not. But I just think. Well, I mean, it's easier to move the ball through the air if you have Debo Samuel over Agreed, but Richie James no. and Trent Taylor. Uh, hey, Richie James put up six for 110 against Green Bay. So yeah, he did it against backups. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats! You're not playing against Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins, and then Chauncey live in your head rent free Johnson. Oh, man, over under a forty eight and a half. What are you doing there before we get into the fantasy aspect of things? I think I take the over because I think I think the Saints score points. And like I said, I, if if the Niners are going to cover the nine and a half point spread, and I like the Saints to score points, I have to take the over. Logically, I have to take the over there because there's going to be points, and the Niners are going to cover. Fair enough. Okay, you're playing. I'm playing Drew Brees this week. Play it. You're playing AK-41. That's Alvin Kamara for those that don't. So know. I think with Alvin Kamara, yes, 1,000% you're playing him. This is not his best matchup. No, it's not. That's why he's only like RB6 for me this week rather than being right. RB3. Like, and three. the reason for that is, is Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Uh, Fred Warner being dubbed the best middle linebacker in football by QB1, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a little, maybe a little overzealous, but I do love Maybe Fred a Warner. little overzealous, but at the same time, that's a huge there, title to throw yeah, out there. Yeah, when, no. when some of the guys that Aaron Rodgers had the opportunity to play against, Bobby Wagner multiple times, uh, Eric Hendricks multiple times, some of these some of these top-tier linebackers, um, 
And that's the guy he comes out and repeatedly says. It wasn't just once that he mentioned it. It was repeatedly. He made a point to mention Fred Warner as the best linebacker in football. Alvin Kamara is going to have some fits. And I think you should expect your production to be uh, a little bit less this week from Alvin Kamara. Just, just, just a little bit less. Yeah, but you're still, still playing so. him. You're definitely Absolutely. playing Michael Thomas. You're playing Emmanuel Sanders. And then you're playing Jared Cook. Yep. On to the other side. <laughs> you're playing Brandon Ayuk, I guess. I, yeah, I, I guess that's it. Yeah, I mean, Jared McKinnon, maybe. I was like, I don't I don't know. that. I guess you're playing McKinnon. No, Jared, no McKinnon's one of my sits of the week, so no, I'm not recommending playing Jared McKinnon. <laughs> Anyway, I roll in case you couldn't see that on the podcast, which you definitely won't be able to. So uh, McKinnon, I'm still playing because if I, I have to go with the logic of the 49ers are still going to be able to score points. I have I to do. go with that logic, I, and the McKinnon McKinnon logic. play is is, is there from him to, to snake a receiving touchdown at some point, just due to the overall lack of receiving threat. I think Kendrick Bourne is back this week, but not overall excited about this Niners offense with Nick Mullins or and or CJ Beathard at the helm. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not excited about it, but I also, I just, I'm not playing, I'm not playing McKinnon this week just because the matchup's terrible. I don't predict, uh, I think he's got to deal with Demario Davis and, and you can beat I, Demario Davis in coverage. Though. Demario Davis is a good linebacker. Don't get me wrong. He's a great linebacker, but he's not a hundred percent effective in pass coverage because he, let's, let's be honest, he's a little bit older. So if you get some of these guys a little bit more shifty in space, I actually like those guys against Demario Davis, but uh, really, let's, let's, is he really that old? He's like 34, dude. He's 31. Shut up. No way. Yes, I just Googled it. He turns 32 in January. You're a liar. I just Googled it. I just checked it. We're avoiding avoiding this topic. Pittsburgh's going to be Bengals. You're just just mad I'm right. I I definitely thought he was older. That's my fault. Anyway, the Steelers are 6-2 against the spread. The the Bengals are 6-1-1 against the spread. So that's great. Yeah, because everyone assumes they're bad. And they stay in games. Um, Everybody but... This guy, but anyway. yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, pat yourself on the back, there, man. Don't, hey, don't I've been, I've been, I've been on both sides of the fence. So I've been against Zach Taylor, and I've been for the Bengals. Yeah, no, you hate Zach Taylor. You like the Bengals. You just don't like Zach Taylor. I just hate the way he uses his talented players. Anyway, uh, Pittsburgh seven seven point favorites. The over under is 40, 45 and a half. Uh, that's a low line, but it's an AFC North game here. I definitely could see a a moment where the Steelers have done a great job of containing this Bengals offense. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, the Bengals put together two drives and scored two the, touchdowns. I'm taking so, the Bengals to cover and I'm taking the over on the points. Yes. Same. I just think like uh, we talked about it before we got on here, Ben won't be able to practice until Saturday at the absolute early. I don't care about that though. I, I know. That's I, I know you don't, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people. But, here, but, but here's the reason why I don't care. So I think this is important. This is what's important in the discussion. The reason I don't care is that Ben Roethlisberger is a 15-year veteran quarterback. I don't give a That's fine. If you, he can't you, practice I, for a couple days, like that's great. He's still going to know this fine. offense. He's still going to know. He's still going to have chemistry with the wide receivers. Like it's not like it's a rookie guy who's going to miss a couple days. Like it's Ben Roethlisberger, a Hall of Fame quarterback at – is gonna miss a couple of days. It's fine. That's like, that, that's fine. That's your opinion. I'm giving mine. <laughs> I think that the Steelers have been playing with fire. I think that they are going up against the team that they. I think they're gonna overlook because the Bengals' record doesn't show how talented they've been this year. The Bengals are staying in games. Joe Burrow is slinging it. He's got four great wideouts. 
Uh, he's got a talent. I think Joe Mixon's going to return this week. If I remember correctly, Joe Mixon is either going to return this he's week. He's still questionable, but I haven't seen I haven't seen positive or negative reports. So, so I think Joe Mixon returns this week. Uh, I think he's training towards playing. If he misses, that's okay. Giovanni Bernard's a decent backup. I just I think that the Bengals are going to cover this game. I think that the over is going to hit. I think that there is an outside shot at an upset because the Steelers are eight zero. They got a scare last week against a team in Dallas who I think we can agree is a worse team right now than Cincinnati. I think that the Steelers game last week was a fluky game on the level of Tampa Bay Green Bay. We're going to use that Tampa Bay Green Bay game to compare a lot of games because I, I just it was weird. I you know I actually mentioned on the Sunday live stream like what if. The, the Cowboys actually show up defensively. What if the Cowboys actually show up, period? And they did a little bit. The defense actually showed some life. I just don't see that Steelers team being a normal. Okay, anyway, let's move on to a fantasy aspect of this. Right. I just think I right. think Cincinnati covers, and I think the over hits. That's, that's basically what I'm getting at. I, I think you said you agreed with Cincinnati covering, right? I did. Okay, cool. You're playing Ben. You're playing yes. James Conner. You're playing yes. Juju. You're playing Deontay yes. Johnson. You're playing Whoa. Chase Claypool. Are you playing Deontay or Claypool? I think it's one of the two. I think I thought we made the uh, made the argument on the Tuesday podcast that everybody should have listened to that you should play both of them. Yes, because but, they both get volume and they're playing against a bad pass There's not a lot of points in this game, so That's I think the over. Think. I think the, I think the over hits barely. I think the over hits barely. I'm talking like 48 points. Like I, that's so like I don't think that's a ton of points, but you're still probably playing all three because you're hoping that one of them gets a touchdown. Yeah, but so I think, I think the that one gets yards, one gets touchdown. Boom! Everybody, everybody gets good value. Everybody's happy. You're all playing right. Eric Ebron. Hold on, hold on. We're not done yet. No, Eric Ebron's a definite play anyway. Who cares? You're playing Eric Ebron. We didn't even talk about the Bengals. You're playing Joe. Are you playing Joey B? We did, didn't we? Oh, we didn't. No. Oh. Tyler Boyd, you're playing him. Joe Mixon, if he's healthy, you're playing him. Joe Burrow, you're probably not playing unless you actually have to. Are you playing uh, your boy, T. Higgins? Yes. Okay, by the way, did you realize the Steelers have actually been really bad against quarterbacks and receivers this year? The only reason they their defense looks really good is they are outstanding against the run. The reason the defense looks good is, one, yes, they're good against the run. Two, the defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, or not so good, so the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm actually drawing a blank on Steelers. Paul Gunther is actually the Raiders defensive coordinator. So. Wow, I'm all over the place right now. Anyway, uh, party but, champ. <laughs> anyway, the Steelers defensive coordinator, who I'm, whose name I'm drawing a blank on right Keith now. Butler. Thank you. He Keith Butler. he likes pressure the quarterback. He's really good at coming up with creative blitzes at time, well timed blitzes. That's why the Steelers defense has been so good. Mika Fitzpatrick is perfect for the Steelers defense in the in the term of playing a robber role in the middle in the middle of this defense and really making some quarterbacks pay for making bad, quick decisions. And so that's why the Steelers defense has been so good. Overall, they have still given up points and yards. So, do you, you know they only had two sacks last week on Garrett Gilbert against yeah, Dallas? That's what I'm against a, a fluky week, against, though. They had nine quarterback hits. I kind of buried the lead a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they, I, yeah. like, I like Burrow to be a serviceable option this week. I don't love him. But I like T. Higgins because he's the clear wide receiver two there at this point. Uh, Tyler Boyd, clear the, the clear wide receiver one. He might draw Mike Hilton duties, but it's going to be the clear wide receiver one for Tyler Boyd and, and then A.J. Green as a flyer in your flex. The The opportunity for this game to smash the over is there. It yeah. really is. But I do trust the Steelers' defense is going to get Joe Burrow a little bit. 
Cool. Let's move on. New England Patriots versus the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is four and three against the spread on the year. New England's three and five against the spread. Then all your Patriots. Over <laughs> under a 43 and a half. Baltimore is favored by seven. I'm taking Baltimore to cover. Yes. I'm taking, taking the over. I'm taking the over because the over is really so low. low. The over is yes. really low. It's easier to hit. I If I get bit because the game goes under and it's a defensive slugfest, that's fine. I'm going to take that risk. The logic of the numbers say otherwise. I agree. Yeah. So, you, so take, you take 43 and a half, you take the over, but sit all your Patriots. Yeah. On the on the Baltimore side, you're playing Lamar because you can't bench him. You, just, you can't do it. You don't have a better no. option, and I know you don't because you didn't draft that way. You're playing – I don't know if you're. I don't know which running back you're playing. I'm going to be straight up and honest with everybody. Mark Ingram returned to practice on Wednesday. He could play this week. If he plays, I'm not playing any single running back on the Baltimore side of things. And honestly, and, I don't even like. I don't even like playing J.K. Dobbins because because the Patriots have been good against the run this year. It may or may not have cut Mark Ingram and Dynasty. That's that's not the worst thing. This is I'm, this but is more still. Rebound. I mean, I, that's a contending team. So when you think about you know Dynasty contending teams, is basically redraft at that point. I, I I cut Mark Ingram because I just can't depend on him to be anything more than a deep bench option at this point. And I have that I've talked about this team a few times on the on the podcast. He, that's one of my deeper teams. And so if you can afford to cut a guy like Mark Ingram and maybe pick up a flyer on, on your waivers, I don't know who's available. But if you could pick up a flyer like in Dynasty, there shouldn't be any running backs. No, I'm talking about redraft. I'm sorry, I'm talking about okay. redraft now. Now in I'm redraft, kind of, you might be able to get a guy like. Like DJ Dallas, who could be yes, a starter. Exactly. I get, might pick up a guy like that who has the opportunity to get some starting snaps over the next six weeks. Cam Akers. Cam Akers is an interesting flyer option. Mm-hmm. Because with, like, with Akers back from injury, his snaps are trending up slightly. They invested a high pick in him after investing in Daryl Henderson last year. They could look to get Akers more snaps. And if you're deep enough that you don't have to play Akers, he is the perfect guy to have on your bench in case he does pop. Um for, for you're playing Mark Andrews, even though he's really struggled this yes. year, you're still playing him. You can't bench him. I can, are you playing Brown. Are you playing any of the wide receivers? Are you playing Hollywood? I'm playing Hollywood if I have to, because he, he's the Deshaun Jackson player. Like he's the type of guy you throw in your flex, the, the hopes that he gets a touchdown, and you're gonna play him in some formats because of that. But I don't love doing it. Obviously, if I. I think it's a lineup question. If my if my lineup is safer, then yes, I'm I'm gonna play Marquise Brown at the hope that he gets a touchdown, has a boom week. If my lineup needs consistent production across the board, then absolutely not. Yeah, no, I'm only playing him if I'm needing that like game winner guy. Uh, right. With exactly. Marquise Brown is the, he's your weak winner type. Where if I am playing, actually, we're, we haven't talked about Dalvin Cook yet, but. If you're playing like you have Derrick Henry and all these safe floor guys, Marquise Bryant is a good guy to put in there. Similar to Henry Ruggs last week, how we're like, he can win you a week. On the Patriots, yeah. the only t- player you're playing. He might have lost me last week because he didn't do much. but <laughs> He might have, but you get you get the point. It's the week yeah. you boom the bust. Uh, for the Patriots, you're playing Cam and Superflex, and that's it. Moving on. Chicago Bears versus Minnesota Vikings. Bears are five and four against the spread. Coincidentally, that's also the record on the year is five and four. Minnesota is five and three against the spread. Minnesota mm-hmm. favored by two and a half over under of 43 and a half. I'm taking Chicago to cover. I'm taking Chicago outright. For I also I am a if you roster Vikings players, temper your expectations and look for replacements this week. I had a guy today that was debating me about why he should be sitting Justin Jefferson in this week. And I told him that 
in the last three games against the against the Bears. Kirk Cousins is averaging just 13 uh, fantasy points per game. Oh, yes, Dalvin, I saw this, yes. Dalvin Cook is – yeah, you, yep, you, so you saw the thing. Dalvin Cook is a- averaging just 11 fantasy points per game. For comparison, in his, like, 39 other games, Dalvin Cook is averaging over 20 PPR fantasy points per game. So his production nearly cuts in half against Chicago. This Chicago defense is one of the top five best against the run this year. By the way, earlier I looked at the, I looked this up. The Colts are actually number two. And the Bears were like five or six. So it was kind of funny that we were like, yeah, they're not quite the Bears, but they're actually technically hey. better than the Bears. But Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry's a different beast, and the Colts haven't really played a run attack like this one. So Fair so, so I think that's but um temper expectations for Dalvin Cook. If you have better options than Thielen and Jefferson this week, I'm playing them. Or I, I don't have any faith in Jefferson and Thielen this week. I think that the Bears dominated. The Vikings last year. I think that they're going to do that again here. This is a home game in prime time on the road for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You cannot have any faith in his ability to produce because he has not given you any reason throughout his career to think he will do otherwise. I absolutely agree. I don't think you're playing. I'm avoiding as many pieces in this game as possible. The only person I'm playing for Minnesota, and it's not even with any confidence, is Dalvin Cook. Yeah. No, because you have to. Just volume. The raw volume he's going to What about to David get. Montgomery? David Montgomery is dealing with a concussion. Is he playing though? Uh I don't know. The, the it's a Monday night game, so we won't so, so we've only gotten one day of if practice. If he's playing, are you playing him? Because you mentioned the volume. I think the volume is in, in question for David Montgomery as well. Nobody else can get the same amount of volume that he is. Yeah, if he if he plays, I'm playing him, but I don't like it. Uh, my producer's pulling up the injury report from the week just to see if he did like practice today. David Montgomery on the day concussion did not practice. All right, so, so probably prob- we'll wait till probably, tomorrow, wait till Friday, yeah, but yeah. wait till well, Saturday, Saturday for the Monday. Yeah, yeah. It's Saturday, so you will know by Sunday. Um, yeah. I don't think he's so I don't I don't think he's gonna play this week, and if he doesn't, I, you're not playing anybody else in his spot. And then for the Bears, you're playing Allen Robinson, and then mm, what's it? Jimmy Graham? No. The Goat? Eric Hendricks, no. Jimmy um, Graham, who is outscoring Mark Andrews this year? Eric Hendricks, no. Whatever. Whatever. Um, this is one of those few games where I come across – pro Jimmy Graham it. podcast. No, it's not. This <laughs> is one of those few games where I come across and I see the low up, low over-under of 43-and-a-half, and I'm actually confident in taking the under, the under on that. I think this game finishes under. I don't like it a lot. I think it's a matter of who gets the ball last. Therefore, I think I'm taking the first to cover as well. Just because I, they have been resilient. They've been more resilient than the Vikings have been. And the Vikings have been resilient in their own right, but just not as much as the Bears have been. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Bears to cover. I think they win this game outright. Yeah, the Vikings have won their last two and then I believe three of their last four. So they are kind of rolling right now. The Bears are on a skid. They've lost, I believe, three straight. Yeah. I don't care. I think that the Bears are the better team in this matchup. I think that the Vikings have the better quarterback, but I think that Kirk doesn't know how to conquer this matchup. I think the Bears' corners have are one of the few duos in football that can match up effectively with the Vikings wide receivers, although Justin Jefferson's great and Adam Thielen is a solid wide receiver in his own right, I just think that the I think that the Bears are going to eat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings alive, especially from a pass rush perspective. Mm-hmm. I, Akeem Hicks is going to do bad things on Monday <laughs> night. It's not going to be fun. 
All right. Do you have anything else to add about this game? No, I think I, I think, think I think we're I think we're good, man. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, then we're gonna sign off because we've we've been here for darn eighty minutes now. A long yeah. time, long long podcast today, long recording, long, long live show. If you thank you for staying the entire time. Thank you for the questions. The questions are fun and they make the podcast more lively, uh, and they also make the live stream more lively. So uh, overall, keep coming back, keep coming at us with your questions, uh, and also bring your questions in on Sunday for the live live stream sit start uh that's always a blast and uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll start bringing some more guests on because we were talking about that before we started recording today we should start bringing in some of our betting experts in on some of these games since we talk about so heavily the betting language and the uh the different over-unders and the spreads for each game but uh until then uh, make sure you're checking out the game on wisconsin twitter the jamal williams swag bag giveaway uh, make sure you're checking all of that out. Check out all the Game of Wisconsin content. There's a lot of it. I'm not even going to try and go through all of it because there's so much. Um, our rankings, our consensus rankings come out on Wednesday mornings. We have our podcast for the review of the week, which comes out Tuesday mornings. And then we have this podcast and this live stream, which records on Thursday evenings uh, at 6.30 Eastern. The podcast will come out Friday morning. Uh, make sure you're checking out all that content. Make sure you're liking, rating, and subscribing. Go on to the Game on Wisconsin YouTube and click on the little bell to make sure you're getting notified when everything is going live. And um, make sure that you're not missing a single thing from Game on Wisconsin because your entire week can be filled with Packers and football content. And make sure you're checking out Game on Wisconsin on game days because we literally have you covered from early morning through Packers game, after Packers game, all of it. Uh, make sure you're checking it out. But uh, until next time, go Pack Go.